Hey, teachers. This episode is sponsored by Spaces Digital Portfolios. Spaces makes student growth in your classroom come to life with their free visual portfolio tool. Teachers can create spaces for their entire classroom, student groups, or for individual students, all online and completely free. Celebrate student learning and give parents a window into your classroom. Try Spaces at www.spacesedu.com today. Uh, is this the teacher hotline? teachers. I hope everyone's having a great start to their summer. I'm your host, Ronald Hay, and welcome back to the Teacher Hotline, where we try to answer some of the most pressing questions for teachers in and outside of the classroom. Today, our caller comes from Don from the Halton Catholic District School Board. Don, what's your question? Hey, Ron. I'm a grade 12 English teacher in Halton. I'm super lucky that I had some awesome kids this past year. A lot of them came to class and put on a great face and gave me their best efforts. But I can't help imagine deep down, a lot of my students just didn't do well. How did the students at your school fare? I'd love to know how the grade 12 graduating class actually felt about this COVID school year. Thanks and have a great summer. Thank you so much, Donnie, for calling in during your summer. And you're absolutely right. This past year, more than ever, it's been truly challenging to get a good read on our students and how they're actually doing during our virtual classrooms. So to help answer your question, I actually brought in a few of my most recent accounting students to hopefully give us some of their honest opinions and answers of how the school year went. Our first guest is Adrian Davila. Adrian was part of my advisor group during the last four years at the school, and he'll be headed off to Waterloo next year for computer science. Our second guest is Eric Ponikvar. You may recognize his last name because I actually had his uncle, Ed Ponikvar, on episode number eight on what is it like to work at a public school. Eric was our athletic prefect this year, and he'll be headed off to Western University next year for BMOS at Huron College. And our final guest is Dawson Malosh. Dawson was our head prefect this year, and he'll also be headed off to Western University for BMOS with his advanced entry opportunity to the Ivy Business School. Gentlemen, congratulations on graduation. Eric, what was the first thing that you did when you graduated? Oh man, the first thing I did, I can't even remember. There, it, it really felt like it didn't, there was no ending. It wasn't like it was like, oh, it's over. It felt like there was just such a, uh, a while, like a, just like such like a, a random like blur almost of like things going on. We had like our, uh, we had our, our lunch at school, our outdoor lunch, and then we had our, our um, diploma ceremony, but not everyone was there for it. We had a, our walkthrough diploma ceremony, which, I think we did a great job with, but at the same time, it's like, you only see a few people, you see a few teachers, not everyone. I didn't get to see you, Mr. Hay there, but uh, for example, but um, it was a, it was an interesting experience and uh, it wasn't going back to the question. wasn't like there was an exact end to it. It felt like it was kind of like a soft ending. If that makes sense. I don't know. A little bit anticlimactic, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like, some people were graduating on the Thursday morning and some people graduate graduating from then all the way to the Friday afternoon. So it was kind of like, 
just a, a mix of uh, emotions for when you're done and then when your friends are done. And yeah, it was, it was an Absolutely. interesting experience. Weird, a little weird. Why don't we jump straight into the question that our caller asked. Dawson, we never got a chance to really get a chance to really connect with our students this year as teachers. And as a result of online learning, the downside of that is we don't really get to know how the general student population, our students are actually feeling. So what were some of the struggles that you and your peers faced during this year that teachers don't necessarily get to see because of remote learning? Yeah, I think the biggest struggle for us as students was the time commitment on our laptops and on our screens. Um, I think everyone made an assumption that because of COVID, uh, we weren't doing a lot of other things that we would normally be filling our time with. So that would you know, include like extracurricular activities outside of school um, that normally a lot of our students are involved in. And because of the cancellation of a lot of those activities, I think um, the workload was, was really heavy um, because I think in general, people assumed like, you know, you're not really doing anything else, right? So um, because of that, you know, there was an assumption that you should have a lot more time for school. Um, so I think, which is a fair assumption. I think a lot of things were canceled, but I think it's also important that um, to recognize that, you know, the students were, and, and the teachers as well, like we were on our screens like all the time. And I think filling our time outside of school hours with even more screen time was a struggle for a lot of people um, because you were on your screens all day. And then it's kind of tricky to go back and, go on your screen again for another few hours of homework after school. So I think that was one of the biggest struggles that wasn't talked about as much. Adrian, so let's ask you, what did a typical day look like for you being online at home or even with the hybrid model? Were you on your screen, let's say from, I don't know, 8 o'clock to 5 p.m.? Uh, how did your day kind of break down on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, um, I'd wake up like half an hour before class, which is kind of nice because um, I didn't have to drive to school. Go to all my classes, uh, finish school. Uh, then I'd like try to go out for an hour, try to get some like outside air, get away from my screen for a bit. But then I'd just come right back to my screen do some homework for the rest of the afternoon and go to bed pretty much. There's really not much to <laughs> do for a good chunk of the year. But did you find that the online schooling and with all that screen time, did that have an impact on just your physical or just kind of your mental health? Um, yeah, myself and a lot of other students found it sort of harder to get this work done. A lot of people face burnout, especially because there's not, there was nothing to look forward to like at the end of the week. Uh, in a normal year, you'll be looking forward to like the weekend, going out with friends or maybe going to the movies or something. Uh, so we had this sort of like end reward in mind as you were doing your work. But during this year, we didn't really have much to look forward to on the weekend. So it kind of became a drag to get all the work done. 
Yeah, that, I, I think that's the most challenging part, right? Like even for teachers, uh, it, you know, you put in all this work and you, there's always something to look forward to, whether it's a Friday or Saturday, hanging out with your friends or going out for dinner or to the movies. This year, it felt like you put in all this work, but there was no release valve to say, hey, you know what, this is how I'm going to relax. And it's so easy to kind of bury yourself in the screen. So I, I know mental health can kind of be a very challenging thing for, for faculty members and for students. So Eric, what was the general feeling on the student population's mental health this year? From a teacher standpoint, I had a feeling it was not great, but what was your sense? Um, I think that it was a, a mix of things, to be honest. And I don't know, it's tough to say for the whole student body, but I know for like sort of my, my tight group of friends um, and people that I'm in regular contact with that I, you know, would talk to not, not seeing people at school that it was at least from what I understood was that there was a lot of frustration and sort of like a little bit of angst. People were kind of just like, here's where we are. This is one, one time you graduate from grade 12, one time you experience grade 12, um, whether you're in boarding for part of the year or not, it was just kind of like a, a lot of frustration and just like, it was, it was kind of like you were like, you felt like you were stuck in the mud, to be honest. I know that's a weird way to say it, but it felt like there, there was nothing you could do. And this is what you got to do. You, this is what you have and what you can do. You, you're at home on your screen, kind of plug through it and get through it. And then all of a sudden it's the weekend goes by another day goes by another week goes by another month goes by and time's just flying by doing the same thing over and over again, waking up, you know, five minutes before your class rolling onto your screen same thing over and over again whether you mix in you know physical activity here or there or a game with your siblings or maybe seeing a friend every now and then it's it was just felt like the same thing over and over again and I think that the mental health of students was very much I, I don't I, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a pretty positive guy so I was there were certainly times where I was down but I know that as an Applebee community, we did a lot more than other, other schools. And I know that we sort of leaned on each other for our, our different co-curriculars or whatever that we were involved in and being able to meet people or not meet people, but talk to people through that way was helped, but still, you just, you don't, you can't really help it. It felt, it felt like you were, everyone was helpless and, and the mental health just became tired, frustrated. And, and I don't want to say that it was like a super, super depressing for anyone because at the end of the day, everybody's going through the same thing. I know that there are people that have, have different struggles and whatnot, but as a whole, we're in Canada and Ontario, most of the world, we're all experiencing the same thing. So it wasn't like there was one person that was, or just Appleby was out of it, or just Oakville or Burlington or Ontario was experiencing this. So I think that there was a lot of, yeah, just sort of everyone feeling the same thing and just kind of feeling stuck in the mud and frustrated with everything. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? I think the tricky part was is like a, a large part of our year was driven by hope like we were always hopeful of you know maybe you know in in a few months the case count will go down more people will be able to move back into boarding you know whatever it was at the time we were always hoping for a little bit more of normalcy and then there were so many times in the year when um that eternal hope it was just you know, taking hits to the, like every time there was a government announcement about um, another lockdown or shutdown, um, it was, 
a kind of a hit to like the mental health a bit, I think, because um, every time something like that happened, um, it was like our hope levels like went down. And that was kind of like a big driver for us. Um, surely at the start of the year, like everyone went into the start of the year at September with a lot of hope, like thinking, you know, we started with a small number of people in boarding and then we were always hoping for more people that were able to join us. And then um, when we got moved to an online platform, uh, we were always hoping to return back into school in person. So I think that was a big struggle for a lot of people because as the year went along, it was kind of, it became more unlikely that we would have a normal school year. One thing that I actually haven't heard too much talk about this year was prom. You guys talk about hope. Was there any hope from this graduating year that prom would happen? Or would you say that the general sense was, you know what, I don't think this is going to happen this year. And realistically, we're going to set the bar pretty low. Adrian, what was your feeling with with prom? Um, I think at the start of the year, a lot of us were definitely hopeful that we'd get some sort of normalcy, like Dawson was saying, that we'd get some sort of events that we normally get. But as the year went on and we got, what, two or three different lockdowns um, and just COVID just kept getting worse and worse, we just sort of ignored prom. I know a lot of people did get like prom dresses or outfits, uh, hoping that it would happen. But as time went on, we sort of stopped really thinking about that because we sort of didn't see it happening at all, given the circumstances. Well, let's talk about graduation then. Graduation was something that the last year's graduating class didn't really get to have. We kind of had like an online ceremony, which really, you know, it's not really the same thing. This year, we had somewhat of a resemblance of a, of a graduation. I know our school had an outdoor grad. I don't know what other public schools did or other private schools did. Um, from a teacher standpoint, we thought it was pretty good. Uh, I was actually really impressed with what the school pulled off. Uh, Dawson, what, what about what was the general feeling from families and from students with uh, our outdoor graduation? Uh, I think, like Eric was saying, uh we did, you know, set the bar pretty low. So I think we had some pretty low expectations. And I think because of that, when it all came together at the end and we, uh, we got our, you know, online portion of it and then our in-person portion of it, um, I think it exceeded our expectations. Uh, speaking for myself, um, I was impressed with what they were able to whip together for us. And, you know, having to explain it to a lot of people, a lot of people were pretty curious about, you know, what, what's Apple be doing for graduation and all that. And, and explaining it to people, I think, um, it was definitely, uh, more than what a lot of other schools were doing for their graduations. So I think because of that, for that reason, um, a lot of people were thankful for, um, you know, the school putting together somewhat of a graduation, um, so I think that with the low expectations, I think, um, it, it turned out to, to be pretty well for, for the students. You mentioned other schools. Do you guys have any ideas of what other schools did, whether it's, you know, independent schools or, or public schools? I'm not sure if you guys have friends in, uh, other schools in the surrounding areas, but I'm actually curious, do you guys know what they did? Um, I can start off. I don't know if, uh, Dawson or Eric have other perspectives, but. I have a bunch of friends in public schools in Etobicoke, Toronto, 
And they also had some outdoor celebrations. Some had some like walkthroughs, kind of like what we had. And then some others had like larger, uh, very spaced out events on their fields. So yeah, they also had. Okay. So sounds something. So sounds very similar then. Yeah. Eric Dawson, Mm -hmm. do you guys have any friends in other schools? Yeah. Same from what I've heard. I think a lot of people did some sort of um, walkthrough, like graduation to get the diploma ceremony kind of thing. And I think a lot of people did that in like a spaced out manner um, with, times whether it be spread across a day or multiple days i also heard of some schools doing some sort of larger spaced out gathering together so pretty similar to what appleby has done i want to go back to the classroom for a moment senioritis is something that wasn't just invented last year with the combination of online learning and with covid and kind of just the the down, gloomy feeling of of just how the year went. I felt like senioritis was definitely front and center this year, particularly. What was the general feeling from you guys academically, especially when it came towards the end of the school year? How hard was it to to get to that end of that finish line? I got robbed of senioritis, to be honest. I had like, I was ready to like, you know, kick my feet back and just the heck with it. But I didn't, I didn't hear back from every school until like like <laughs> two weeks left in school. And at that point I was like, come on. So yeah. Cause like, even though I hadn't, I, my marks were in and whatever, I still felt like if I didn't get into a school and I didn't work as hard as I could have, then I would have kind of been kicking myself afterwards. But man, I would have loved to just kick back and been like, not even listening to your accounting classes. But, uh, to, be, to be fair, I did, I, I did put in a, uh, for that personal um what was it the uh the, he doesn't uh, even remember the assignment yeah, <laughs> yeah. no i know the finance lab yeah the personal, the personal finance, finance lab we were lab. supposed to pick stocks and etfs and write about them i maybe did half of that assignment and then wrote a nice reflection um, <laughs> on on why i why i couldn't really finish it there was just no drive there i was like yeah it wasn't tough. really like i couldn't couldn't dig for anything it was like a thursday afternoon and i was finishing an assignment i was like the heck with it. But I, I did put forth a great effort on the summative. So we'll take that. But yeah, to be in all honesty, I'm going to have to tell my kids I got robbed of senioritis. Dawson, what about you? Uh, what was the, again, the, the general feeling with senioritis? Do you think it started a little bit earlier because we were at home the entire time? Or do you think that students were really trying to actually put their full effort in towards the end of the school year? Yeah, I think it was, honestly, I think it was so based on individual um circumstance i think um the semester model like it really changed things up this year for a lot of people so for me my first semester was a lot more difficult than my second semester so i definitely uh put in a lot more hours in the first half of the year than i did in the later half but i think it's so like individual like I think if some people it depends on your course load like I know that for some people had a really difficult second semester and like Eric said uh, a lot of the universities were sending out decisions really late this year Um, so I think people are hesitant to um, you know relax a little bit until they actually hear back from the schools they applied to Um, for some people that was you know as late as uh, end of May, 
Um, and then by then you really only have like, you know, a week or two of school left. Um, so yeah, I think it was, um, it kind of depends on, uh, your, your circumstance, what schools you applied to, what courses you, you were taking, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Online learning was definitely challenging, not just for students, but uh, I think for teachers as well. I can speak on behalf of most teachers that just even teaching online was just very challenging, just learning how to deliver the curriculum in a more engaging way, in a more effective way. And it's definitely not the same thing. People, my, my, some of my friends always say, oh, Ron, like, you know, teaching online, that's got to be so easy. You just roll out of bed and turn on your laptop. I'm like, no, there's, there's a lot more things you got to consider. So maybe Adrian, we'll go to you first. Um, what do you think teachers could have done better this year when it comes to delivering curriculum and delivering the the course overall things that you think uh if if teachers were listening to this episode right now and we have to do this all over again next year what constructive feedback can you give to faculty members on online teaching good question uh hindsight's always 2020 (laughs) so there's a couple things i'd say uh one a lot of teachers went a bit overboard on the workload they gave us, especially after school work, I'd say. I know I ended up getting piled with tons of work after school. And so did a lot of my friends. And um, like we mentioned earlier, the assumption that we had more time because of less activities uh, definitely wasn't completely true because it was also harder to get that work done with given everything happening around us. So the workload was definitely something to be mindful of, especially since it was so much harder to complete it this year. And then also just being a bit overbearing with Zoom uh, was one thing I didn't really enjoy. There were a lot of, there were a couple teachers, not a lot, that would like call you out every five seconds after you've turned off your camera or (laughs) uh, if you like didn't answer a question properly or something like that. And just being mindful of the virtual environment, not everyone wants to have the camera on or like they're just wiping their nose really quickly. And then you're calling them out for having their camera off. That was a bit overbearing um i think just taking it easy and being understanding i think that again you'll get different students that put in a different level of work ethic and a different have a different level of determination or have different goals but being able to to take that extra time just to say hey how's it going to a student or to to just check in with a student that maybe is might be struggling or just isn't as is vocal on on zoom or maybe struggling with the online platform um, it can go a long way because I think a lot of people forget that behind these screens there are people too. And when you are on these kind of zombie-like days where it's just repeating after day after day, you forget that, you know, Mr. Hay has a heart and Mr. Hay, Mr. Hay is a good guy too. So having teachers that reach out and having teachers that reach out and, and just say, just say, Hey, how's it going? Is there anything that you need? How's the class is going? How's your, how you, how's your understanding of the, of the content or even just, you know, how's life going? Um, talks like that or just chats like that go a lot further than, than one might think. And, and it, whether it takes an extra half hour, an hour out of your day, it, it, what makes, it's what makes getting onto those calls kind of worthwhile and enjoyable. 
Thank you, Eric. I, I do have a heart. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, after your uh, after your PowerPoint feedback and present presentations, some might not think so. <laughs> hey, let's not scare the grade tens coming into my grade eleven class this year. I'm gonna have people drop in my course before September even starts. <laughs> Dawson, let's let's switch gears up a little bit. Um, I, I know teachers put in a lot of work as well this year, but obviously with being online, sometimes we don't get the the same fuel from students because we don't get to see some of your your facial reactions or some of the the witty commentary sometimes with the the muted mics. So, what were some awesome things that some of your teachers done for you in your classrooms, and how did they make it special? And uh, some positive feedback uh, you could give to teachers. Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is just trying to like create some sort of like Zoom environment where you actually want to join every day. And and when I think of what made me want to like, you know, hop on my Zoom calls every day for class, like it's, you know, classes like um, kinesiology um, where we would have some sort of like structured schedule um, where we would do activities at the start of class or even just chat for like the first 10 minutes or, um, stuff like that, where, um, you're joining the zoom call for other reasons other than just school and work. Um, and also, um, where I learned it best with you, Mr. Hay was playing music at the start of class. That's probably the easiest thing that you can do to just, you know, you hop on a zoom call and it's not just like, okay, we're getting started with work right away. Instead you hop on the zoom call and there's music playing. Um, it kind of like adds some energy, gets you in a good vibe. Um, that was probably the thing that I started seeing a lot more of, like as the online year progressed, um, more creative ways of doing that. Like that was so helpful. And I think it, it makes a difference more, more than the teachers know, but, um, from a student's perspective, it, uh, it just makes you want to hop on that Zoom call and not just turn the camera off and tune out. I the one, Some of the best memories this year are just are, are when we were on calls, two, two teachers that were, were specific. It might have been also the class dynamic were Mr. Grant and Mr. Patterson. They were kind of like, it was kind of like playoff hockey where you just kind of let, let the teams play where you would just, where we'd get on the call and we would just banter back and forth and, and horse around. And so that was some of the best memories that I had on, on zoom calls. All the, you know, they're not highlight memories, but uh, a little online banter, Mr. Patterson and Mr. Grant are, are the best for, for the online banters. But yes, we are definitely running out of time. Uh, I think we got to wrap things up over here. Guys, this has been so much fun uh, chatting with you guys after you guys have graduated now. Uh, we're definitely going to have to do this sometime again. I'm going to have to come by and visit Western to see how you guys are doing. Uh, Waterloo, I probably won't make a pit stop there. Um, <laughs> guys, thank you so much uh, for coming on to the Teacher Hotline. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in this week. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, Google, and any other podcast streaming services. And I'll see you guys all next week. Take care. <laughs>